This is Financially Tuned with Tara Nolan from Tara Nolan Advisory Services. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Tara provides her clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Tara Nolan to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, and welcome to Financially Tuned. My name is Tara Nolan from Tara Nolan Advisory Services. And I'm just going to say quickly up front that during this show, if you have a question that pops in your head and you'd like to contact us, please give Chris and I a call at 719-210-4242. And definitely check out our website at www.taraenolan.com. You can check out what we look like, what we're about, and all that good stuff. Stay tuned because later on in the show, we are gonna have some special offers. But really importantly is we're gonna talk today about millennials and money. And you know, what can we do to help the millennials in your life make smarter money decisions? Because when we get into the show, we're really gonna talk about, you know, the unique challenges that just generation faces and how do we help everyone in our life succeed? Because that's what it's all about in your family is everyone needs to be successful and feeling good about money is one of those things that really helps everything. So, that is. but before we jump in, Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tara. Having a good day. I've had a great week and excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show once again, because this topic, this is a good one. I mean, uh, my oldest son is right on the edge of, he just makes it into what you'd call a millennial, I guess. And I work with a number of millennials every day. So, um, you know, and I used to be that age, but this generation has uh, some new challenges uh, that they're going to be facing. So I'm excited about this topic. I think it's important to everyone. If we have, you know, if we have, uh, if you're younger and you're listening out there, younger than me at least, and you're a millennial, I think this is going to be beneficial. If you're a parent of a millennial or even know millennials or work with them, this is a good conversation to have and listen to. And Tara, I know you work with all different ages and all different people, and you've seen and heard it all, and you stay on top of these things and these trends. So talking about how this can affect our finances is a great idea. But first, how have you been? What's going on at uh, Nolan Advisory Services? Tony, we are just, we're looking forward to, you know, rolling through the next year. You know, we Chris and I, we always look forward to that. And we're going through the business planning and looking at the big picture and how we're going to reach out and help all kinds of people. Uh, one of the things that we're not looking forward to doing is wrapping up our taxes for the year, but you know, it's got to be done every year. So yep. looking at that, you know, it's that mix between doing the fun things and then taking care of business. We've been uh, spend a lot of time with the horses, but you know, during this part of the year, it gets a little cooler and it's, we're looking forward to getting to some Florida weather. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Uh, it's harder and harder to work with horses in the winter. Um, that's for especially sure. when you get old. <laughs> yeah. It's harder on you and the horses, but especially you. Um, yeah, the horses are more used to the uh, cold outdoors uh, than we are. Uh, and, you know, today's topic is also interesting um, because I think, like I said, it's, it affects a lot of us. But why do you think, Tara, that millennials need financial advice to begin with? Why is there a need for this? 
Well, you know, Tony, this is the thing is I think everybody needs financial advice, but the millennials are really an age group that is kind of experiencing shifts in our society that have been in progress for a long time. But, you know, when we're talking about millennials, we're talking about people that were born between 1980 and 1997, 98 timeframe. But Tony, it's just been a long time in the making where we've gone from in the 50s, where, you know, the primary bed, breadwinner for the house was the husband and the wife stayed home and take care of the kids and the house and doing that. It's shifted. So now everybody's getting a college education. Almost everybody has an expectation of having a career and even if you do at some point start your family, a lot of times both uh, the husband and the wife will continue to work. So it's just this shift that's been happening. And because of that, it's it's like it's delayed the, the standard life plan. So instead of everybody being married at 20 and having kids by the time they're 23, it's just extending everything out. Or that's what it looks like to me, Tony. What do you think? Well, yeah, I would agree with that. And I think they face very unique challenges that other generations haven't had to face. Each generation has its unique challenges, uh, but really millennials do face a lot of problems in, uh, out there that I know I didn't have to face personally. I mean, uh, student loan debts have gotten out of hand and college costs and healthcare issues and, uh, you know, aging parents. And so there are a lot of different things in the job market. So there are a lot of things and we can get into some of these, obviously, that affect millennials. But first, uh, what's the technical definition of a millennial? Like, uh, who was born, uh, what ages are millennials? What are we talking well, this about? Is, yeah, this is a great question to start. So the technical definition of a millennial is someone born between 1981 and 1997. And Tony, that really makes me feel old because I graduated from college in 1994. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Yeah, yeah there's that. Yeah. But um you know, it's just interesting because it's a group of people. There's a lot of stereotypes, right? And, you know, I hate to talk about stereotypes, but they're also kind of there for a reason. But, you know, the student loans is one of the things like I can remember my mom talking about in the 80s, there were things called Pell Grants. And when she went to college, it would be like $3,000 a semester. That's it. And, and now, I mean, these kids are graduating. We call it the condo without a roof. They have <laughs> all this debt. Wow. And it's just debt because now they, but then, you know, so they don't have a job yet, but they already, so already like they have a house payment. And, you know, starting out for anybody, even if you have your college degree, it's always tough when you start that new job because you're not being paid very much. And there's underemployment issues because, you know, do you live where the jobs are and, and that sort of thing. And I think, Tony, it's just tough because then there's all these negative connotations that you hear tossed around about millennials, that they're lazy or narcissistic or coddled. You know, I don't think that those those are the kind of stereotypes I don't like because I don't think that's fair to apply to a person that you don't even know. Right. Good point, uh, obviously. and um, But obviously, this is one of the largest generations in our history and uh, they have a different spending power. And why do you think this is the case? Why are they facing this uphill battle? Oh my gosh, so there are just, there are so many things that, that factor into this. And, you know, with student loans, that one right there is just crippling. And it, Tony, it's the legislation around some of our student loans where, I don't know if you're aware, but you're not allowed to refinance student loans. And you're not allowed to declare yeah. bankruptcy on student loans. Right, so, you federal, know, someone federal a, student loans are, uh, have a lot of restrictions. 
you know, someone that's a business owner can file for bankruptcy, but someone who has a student loan can't. And so it's just an interesting thing that we've done as a country to all of our young people to kind of put them in that kind of a bind. So when you're facing that kind of debt and you're starting out and you don't, you're trying to, you know, pay for some rent and pay for all those things. Tony, I can remember when I was a lieutenant just graduating and I went to my first apartment, I got all moved in. I was excited. I was exhausted. I went to bed that night. I was getting ready for bed. There was no shower curtain and no toilet paper. Huh. <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever had Yikes. to like take care of myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to buy that stuff too. <laughs> wow. So, you know, here are these kids that are just, you know, you can only spread money so far. And so that becomes one of the challenges. But Tony, you have a, like you said, a son who's in this age bracket. What do you feel like the challenges are that he's facing? Well, different than from you. Well, yeah, he's facing a lot of different challenges, and that is paying for schooling and yet not knowing if, you know, building up student loan debt while not knowing if it'll lead to a job that will allow him to, uh, you know, provide for himself while paying back the debt. And I don't think it's going to be as easy for him to uh, get married, start a family, and own his own home as quickly or as easily as it was for my wife and I. Um, so that's one thing. But I mean, there are many. Uh, the job market is just one of them because it gets tougher and tougher. And you can't just go to school for a general degree anymore and hope for a decent job because, and, yeah. And I just noticed a difference, Tony, because I deal with a lot of millennials through their parents, right? Because I'm taking care of their parents and right. their parents say, you know, would you talk to my kid? And it's just... <laughs> But it's, it is interesting, Tony, where when I was 26, 27 years old, you know, I was already well established in my military career. So I did have a good job in terms of that kind of security. Yep. But I always felt behind my peers because I had friends that were out in the um, private sector that were making so much more money than I did as a as a lieutenant in the Air Force. And so at 26, I kind of felt behind. And some of these these kids I meet today that are in 25 and 26, Tony, they're still living like the college dorm situation where they're, they've got a house with two or three people living in it. You know, they're sharing rent and they don't feel any impetus to, uh, they don't, I don't know if they don't seem worried about it or they're just, the reality is, is they can't worry about it because they can't control it. So it's kind of that chicken and egg thing. You know, are they, are they relaxed about it because they're not stressing about things they can't control or... Is it just a whole different philosophy? I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, and I can see that too. And I think part of the problem is is they're not taught. Uh, one thing we notice with our kids is why don't they teach basic financial planning to kids in school? Like, you know, uh, how to keep a budget and balance it and um, spending versus income. And the, the basic things are not taught specifically in my opinion. And you're absolutely right, Tony. But I think one of the differences might be like, from my personal experience, I'm the oldest of six. And so when I grew up, there just wasn't money to go around. With six kids, you're never getting ahead. So I kind of learned uh, just by experience that I wanted to create a life for myself that had a little more cushion than always just kind of going paycheck to paycheck, hoping that you could meet all your needs. I knew I didn't want that life for myself. But I can tell you my youngest sister, who's 18 years younger than me, by the time she grew up, she was almost like an only child and she had her own car and her own room. And my mom was a doctor at this point. And I was just like, what family are you from? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, but it's interesting, Tony, because it's hard to teach someone, 
when they've never experienced it. So she never experienced a situation where she couldn't say, hey, mom, I need $20. I'm going out with the friends and we're going to go dinner and a movie and whatever. She's just never experienced the question of don't ask that question because there's no money and you don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. but but you're right. We, we, we shouldn't have to let the school of hard knocks be the thing that teaches us. We could be teaching these things in school. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I just thought I'd point that out. That's a little pet peeve I have. But um, this is a really good discussion. I know I have a lot more questions for you and you have a lot more information for us, but we should take a quick break here. Is there anything you want to add before the break, Tara? Well, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to the show, whether you are a millennial yourself or whether you have children who are, grandchildren, friends, we all need to make smart money decisions. It helps us in our families. It helps us in our community. So if you have any questions, Chris and I have set aside 20 complimentary appointments for the first 20 callers because we want to get these questions asked. And here's the thing, Tony, for someone who's open-minded and ready, we can help them so much. So when you have reached that point in your life where you're ready to say, you know what, I want to be in control of my money and not let my money control me, please give the office a call, 719-210-4242. Definitely visit the website also, www.taraenolan.com. But Chris and I, we love to sit down with people who are ready to get started making those smart financial decisions. Losing a spouse can be devastating. When it occurs, there is a whirlwind of emotions and decisions that need to be made. The last thing you want to do is worry about your finances. At Tara Nolan Advisory Services, we focus on helping women and making life transitions a little bit easier. That is why we have put together a helpful guide titled, the top six things every woman should do before the death of their spouse. Give our office a call today at 719-210-4242 or visit TaraEnolan.com and we will be happy to send you a copy. Life transitions are never easy, but we can help make them simpler. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with me, Tara Nolan from Tara Nolan Advisory Services and my awesome co-host, Tony Shore. The title of our show today is are the millennials in your life financially wise? And so like everything, we've just been talking about what kind of education today do millennials need? Because one of the things that we've talked about is just the crushing student debt loan that most millennials have, the stagnant wages that we are seeing in our economy for those new people entering the workforce. And so what this means is just less buying power than previous generations. And the good and the bad of it is we're all living longer on top of this. So, Tony, what else did I miss? What have we covered so far? Uh, well, we've covered a lot of ground. I mean, we talked about the different struggles that millennials face and, you know, obviously high student loan debt, stagnant wages, as you mentioned, and less buying power. Um, you know, there are a lot of other economic factors, too. And, um, you know, we always talk about life expectancy and, you um, we're worried about our social security benefits and other benefits going to be there for uh, these millennials in the future. So uh, this is important to talk about. Do you have any tips that you'd recommend for millennials out there or those who have loved ones that are millennials that we might be able to take back and share with them? You know, Tony, I'm going to have a couple. Here's the first thing I'd like to share is, and it's something that I was taught when I was seeking out my financial education when I was younger, and it's called the concept of paying yourself first. So no matter where you are on the spectrum, whether you're starting out brand new or you're more accomplished, you wanna think about paying yourself first. 
And what I find, Tony, is a lot of people are like, well, I make so little money, there's just no way I can do it. And you, you kind of want to think about it, it's like exercise. It's really easy, Tony, to do one push-up a day. Would you agree with that? Just oh, one. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's even easier to do zero push-ups a day, right? It is easier. <laughs> so financially, you want to pay yourself first, and it's, it's practice kind of like exercise. And so what I like to recommend for all my people is think about paying yourself in terms of a percentage. And what I like to use is 10%, keeps the math really simple. And then that fluctuates with whatever your income is. So if you've made a dollar, you're gonna pay yourself 10 cents. But if you just get in this habit, and it's really about developing that habit pattern, just like it is developing that habit to work out every day. It doesn't have to be huge, but it just needs to be consistent. So the very first thing that I want people to think about is pay yourself first and try using 10% as your benchmark. And then that way it'll adjust and fluctuate with your pay raises, wherever you are, but you can always afford 10% to pay yourself. Yeah, yeah, you have to pay yourself first. I've always heard that, Tara, you always say that, and that's key. You have to put money aside right away, starting now. Um, and it's always been clear to me that starting to save earlier is what you should do. Uh, of course, it's easy to say it's what you should do. Doing it is another thing. But uh, wouldn't you agree, Tara, that it can be hard to prioritize retirement and savings at a time when, you know, you're young and want to spend money and time and thought on other things, you know? You're absolutely right, Tony. And it is, we talk about this all the time, that money, there's the math, but there's the emotion of money as well. And just like with everything, you can always think of a reason to spend money. And, and where it gets really hard, Tony, is when you're looking at spending money on other people, I find. Mm -hmm. I find people can be fairly disciplined for themselves. But yep. when it comes to, especially with their kids, it's really hard to, to, to start to draw that line. But this is why we want to start with the concept of paying yourself first and letting time work for you. Because one of the basic things I sit down in education, Tony, with new people is there's rate of return and you hear about in the market, well, I've got to get this great rate of return and I got 60% rate of return this quarter and all these different numbers. That's great. But the biggest factor for success is time and diligence. So that's the things I really like to, to try to emphasize to people. But, um, you know, Tony, it's really interesting. Have you ever been to Japan? Uh, no, I have not. One of the things that I noticed, because I was stationed over in Japan in, I guess, 98, and it was really interesting to see that it's a fairly wealthy country, but it was very normal to have in one household two or three generations living in a house. And, yeah. you know, a lot of reasons for it, but one of the things was real estate was at a premium, but they also, Tony, were going through something fairly similar to what our millennials are today, where it was just too cost prohibitive to get into a new house as a youngster. And so yeah. one of the things that they ended up doing was having just multi-generations living in a house. But it's also interesting, Tony, is my brother is currently an architect. And one of the things that he's really starting to design for people are what we call the mother-in-law quarters. Yep. Because a lot of people are moving, you know, their, their elderly parents back into the house. So it, it seems to me it's interesting, but it looks like with the sandwich generation thing, where kids are staying in the house longer and then the parents are moving back into the house. I wonder if, if our country isn't gonna go through this similar type of phase where 
we have start having multi-generations living living together but if it's done well uh, it can be a great way to help the young people save up money and, and get ahead of some of the debt yeah i agree i mean i don't know how many people will be willing to do that or with our lifestyle and our society the way it is i know that so many other countries are that way um like um, the Latino community. I know in Mexico, that's a, a big thing. Family is big and more priority is placed on that. And they really honor the elderly. And uh, they usually always have two, three, four, five generations living together. So, and I had heard that about other countries as well, like Japan. So, um, and I know some of it's out of necessity, but it really, uh, we're starting to head into a time where, you know, uh, obviously, uh, the sandwich generation, we're talking about, oh, man, people living longer. So we have our parents that need taken care of. We're going to need taken care of our kids, our adult children. So, you know, pooling all that resource uh, to live in a place together uh, makes a lot of sense. Now, I don't know how many people are willingly going to go uh, along with that trend, but they might be dragged kicking and screaming. Well, and yeah, <laughs> I think it's something that we that's it, important. I think we should look at it. Uh, and I think it's a great point. So uh, what else uh, can you think of to help millennials with their finances? Well, like I say for everybody, Tony, education is the foundation. So one of the things that I find is for a lot of millennials, because they've, they've put off, you know, they've gone to college and now they're starting to work and they're finally for the first time in their life ever making money. It's really hard for them to think about retirement. They're like, oh my gosh, I just finished school. <laughs> and now you want right. me to think about retirement. But one of the biggest things that millennials can do is to take advantage of their employee sponsored plans because almost every company out there, Tony, has matching and that's free money. And but it's they will only match what you what you save yourself. So it's designed to develop again those good habits. But everybody out there listening should be making sure that they are taking advantage of their matching in their retirement plans. Mm, good point. And I think that's a definite benefit that we all should be taking advantage of regardless. Now, uh, you mentioned um, that millennials might not be saving enough for retirement. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it's just interesting. It's just a fact, Tony, is there's a lot of research that goes on out there. And Wells Fargo, for example, has figured out that about 41% of Americans between 17 and 35 haven't even started saving for retirement. And just Tony, based on my personal experience in the financial planning business, I can say that that is probably absolutely true. And, you know, a lot of people feel like this is just because young people don't have that much disposable income. But Tony, I would even take it a step further to say, uh, you learn these things at home. You learn these habit patterns at home. And if you didn't grow up in a house like most of us that talked about money and talked about setting yourself up for success, you just didn't grow up doing it. So it's not part of your habit pattern. And mm. so, you know, I just think there's a lot of different factors that go into it because there's our millennials coming out of college, have their student loans. They're going to need a new car. They're looking for a place to live. So they've got a lot of um, food, clothing and shelter needs right off the bat that really make them hard pressed. But Tony, I think we talked about it earlier. They've got to learn to pay themselves first. Pay yourself first. Yeah. Yep. And you've mentioned that before, and that's a key here. Uh, a great point. And it's good to talk about these things now 
Uh, regardless who's, who's listening out there, whether you're a millennial or have a millennial, uh, you know, uh, as a child or someone you care about or want to help, uh, these are good tips and, and people need to get a good start now. Well, it's just the thing, Tony, in, in the financial education, it's it's across the board, really, because it's now so easy for every anyone can get a credit card. And yep. I, there's a lot of young people out there and just people in general, Tony, that think, well, the credit card company wouldn't have sent me an application if it wasn't OK <laughs> for me to have it. it right. And I'm not joking. <laughs> and so that that is so easy to make a couple bad decisions with the credit card. And, and Tony, some of these credit cards, it's almost criminal. They're over 20% interest. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And so it, it you can very quickly create a furball for yourself before you even realize what you've done. Yeah. And it's sad when actual interest rates are so low. You know, you think exactly. about it. Credit card interest rates are, can be so high. It, it's just crazy. Well, do you have any other tips for millennials today? Well, you know, it's you have to start thinking about what's important in your life. And, you know, for example, Tony, I'm working with a younger couple and, you know, I've talked about like when I was a brand new Lieutenant in the air force, I couldn't afford to go to McDonald's for lunch every day. I couldn't do it because it was going to be a little over $5 every day. You add that up. And after 30 days, you know, that's over a hundred bucks you've spent of your disposable income just on food. And so I made the decision to say, you know what, I want to be able to go out with my friends, so I'm going to pack a lunch. You know, I'm going to bring a peanut butter jelly sandwich. And, and so that was a choice I made because I knew how much money I had to spend. But Tony, I have some, some of my clients, they will, their children will say, well, I got hungry and I had to go to Starbucks. Oh. <laughs> and, and so, and it, the, the interesting thing, Tony, is is, well, I got hungry, so I had to go to Starbucks like there is no other option in the world. <laughs> right. And these are all great tips and good points, but we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add, Tara? Well, you know, Tony, the thing is, is for anybody, no matter what your financial situation is, it all starts with number one, education, and then number two, creating a budget and understanding how to stick to that budget. And then number three, understanding the things like, taking advantage of that matching in your retirement plan. Because when you're all things being equal and you are limited upfront about where you're going to invest money, you can make some smart choices. And so taking advantage of matching is a good place to start, right? Because someone is giving you some money to go along with what you're doing. So those are the kinds of things that Chris and I love to sit down with people. But here's the catch, Tony. We want to help people that want to help themselves, right? Mm. You yep. can't, it's like, just like going to the gym. I can't go to the gym and work out for you. No, much, <laughs> right. no, no matter how much you would like that. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Yeah. You know, but you can get a coach and you can get yourself educated, but the actual work has to be done by yourself. So when those two things meet, when you're ready to do the work and you're ready to have that help, that's where Chris and I come in. So we Excellent. have set aside 20 complimentary appointments for the first 20 callers for those folks listening today that are ready to get started and just need that little bit of coaching to help. So if they want to call 719-210-4242, that's 719-210-4242. Chris and I would love to get them set up with a complimentary appointment to get started on that plan to take control of their financial life. All right. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with our host, Tara Nolan. Join us, same time, same place for another show of Financially Tuned. Take care and we'll talk with you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Tara Nolan at Tara Nolan Advisory Services. Call 719-210-4242 or visit their website at taraenolan.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Tara Nolan and Tara Nolan Advisory Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 